0: This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Greetings and good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families Which can be found on page one hundred and thirty nine of the Book of Common Prayer. Today's reading from the Daily Office is John chapter one, verses twenty-nine through forty-two. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. John the Baptist encourages a couple of his disciples to follow Jesus. Jesus asks them, What are you looking for? Well, like all of us, they are searching for meaning, relevancy, and relationship. That is why they were following John the Baptist and now are about to change direction. So, in reply to Jesus, ask, they in return ask Jesus, Where are you staying? They want some quality time with Jesus, not just a five-minute coffee break. Jesus' response, come and see. Their curiosity being teased and having piqued, they cannot resist. And so they do, remaining with him the rest of that day. We are told it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two is Andrew, who becomes a disciple. Andrew finds his brother Simon, so he can also meet with Jesus. So Simon Peter becomes a disciple. The next day, Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel as disciples. John ends up naming in his gospel seven of the twelve disciples, and there were, of course, many other followers. But... We are never told outright the identity of that second disciple who went with Andrew to where Jesus was staying. No one seems to think it was an oversight. So, there has been a lot of speculation among commentators about who it could be. The all-time favorite is that, quote, the unnamed disciple, end quote, is the Apostle John himself the supposed author of the gospel. This is a popular idea because John never refers to himself by name, instead referring to himself at least five times elsewhere in the gospel as, quote, the disciple whom Jesus loved, quote. But if that is the case, why did the writer of John not use that terminology this time as well? Others offer that today's unnamed disciple is Philip. Even Thomas has been suggested, but many doubt it. Looking through the lens of the present time and place, I cannot help but notice the underlying assumption is that the unnamed disciple is a he. Well, let's think outside the box for a minute. What is this person's preferred pronouns? The followers and supporters of Jesus included many women, you know, who made significant contributions in the early church, one notable being Mary Magdalene, who is known as the apostle to the apostles. Could it be Mary Magdalene who goes unnamed, or one of the many other women who followed Jesus? After all, many women in the scriptures go unnamed. Could it be a person who wished to remain anonymous for some crazy reason? Or maybe whoever this was with Andrew did not like what Jesus had to say and never wanted to join up or was not chosen because they had an unsatisfactory resume. Aha! Perhaps this is a deliberate literary device inviting us into the story. Even if not, it has the same effect, you know. Obviously, it worked on me. So, yes, I do wonder. By proxy, we are invited in here and now by Jesus to come and see. Like I said, we can only wonder. And, gosh, and what did they talk about for that day in their one-on-one chats with Jesus? We can only imagine. But what would we want to talk about? The pandemic? Politics? This year's election? Oh my God. Polarization? The economy? Sanctity and quality of life? The sanity and quantity of life? Complain? Give thanks or otherwise express gratitude? How about inclusion? Exclusion, privilege, compassionate love, grace and mercy, justice, sacrifice, salvation, life abundant and everlasting. How about leadership of women in today's church? Inclusivity, LGBTQ plus issues. This coming Monday we celebrate the birthday of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who was born on January 15, 1929, and martyred on April fourth, 1968, at 39 years of age. Not too much older than Jesus was when he was crucified. The good die young. Should we talk about King's legacy? In his letter from a Birmingham jail, King wrote, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. You may have heard this well-known quote before, but King waxed eloquently, poetically, and with great insight. He continued, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly, affects all indirectly. Gosh, let's talk about that. Exactly what passion burns in you to inquire Jesus, where are you staying? Jesus says to us, come and see. Indeed, he does say just that. Come, Jesus says. Act first out of impulse or curiosity or faith. Act on your search for meaning, relevancy, and relationship. Maybe even throw caution to the wind. Take a risk. Try Jesus out. Try Jesus on for size. Or would it be really refreshing and insightful to try Jesus out again for the first time? Then, see, Jesus says, stop, look, listen. And learn. What an invitation from Jesus to act first and then ask questions later. That is exactly what Jesus is asking us to do by saying, come and see. Take a leap. I guess if I had a conversion experience, it was like that. As an engineer, I tried to analyze and evaluate issues of faith. I came down with analysis paralysis, trying to figure out God. And go, go figure, or not, as it were. Exasperated and worn out, I surrendered. In a leap of blind faith, I made a personal decision. Well, I guess it was my decision. God only knows, right? To just do it. Belief transcends analytics. Jesus is throwing a, quote, coming as you are banquet, end quote, inviting us to come with all our questions all our doubts and foibles of faith, and all of that. Then, to see, to discover your calling, what it will look like and sound like, come as you are to discover what, at four o'clock in the afternoon at the end of that day, you would have never imagined at the beginning of that day. And hey, if you haven't already, you're invited to come by and see us sometime at Church of the Redeemer. It's one of those places where Jesus hangs out in a meaningful way, but just don't take my word for it. Stop by for some searching for relevancy, meaning, and fellowship, including delicious homebrewed coffee or hot chocolate, at twenty-nine forty-four Erie Avenue. Our website is www.redeemer-cincy, with a y, dot org redeemer org. there are some unnamed beloved disciples of all sorts kinds makes and models who would enjoy seeing and hearing you learn from you and to share stories you are invited hey come and see You know, we are now in the season of Epiphany, immediately following Christmas as we recognize the message of Christ being revealed to the entire world in a very inclusive manner to all people, all of us. God's love, grace, and mercy abounds. So we might inquire, where might we discover this Christ in this day and age? Howard Thurman had an idea or two about that. Thurman wrote a beautiful poem titled The Work of Christmas, published in his book titled The Mood of Christmas and Other Celebrations. And it goes like this. The Work of Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, The work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all people, to make music in the heart. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim, we proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Amen. And now, the collect for the first Sunday after Epiphany. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan, proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if we want to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, and for family and personal life in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. And now the Collect for the Human Family, which can be found on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now let us say together the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice, which can can be found on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now, in this time of God's revelation to all people, go into the world in peace, hope, and joy to seek and serve God, being and doing God's grace, mercy, and justice. Do everything in love.